This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at a French film in which you will fall in love with the characters, The Rose Maker, and Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie, No Time to Die. We'll also be talking to Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas. Je viens pour vous nous vous employer. C'est une erreur là. Je... C'est moi qui vous ai contacté. Vous leur avez dit qu'on pourra pas les payer. Ils sont en insertion. Et c'est beaucoup moins cher. Bon, j'espère que vous aimez les roses. Vous, vous rangez votre téléphone. Qu'est-ce que c'est que ces chaussures Ah, des claquettes. Ils ont une formation horticole au moins. Alors justement, on doit les former. A first-class rose grower on the verge of bankruptcy hires three people with no experience in gardening. Mary Gibson has been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this heartwarming comedy drama from France. Mary, what did you think of The Rose Maker? So, here we go. You know me and French subtitled films. I'm always like, oh, God, what's this going to be like? You've seen well, quite a few this year that I you liked. And I have seen a lot that <laughs> I liked, and this is another one. I really <laughs> liked this movie a lot. It's such great fun. It is comedic. It's lighthearted. And, um, and, and again, subtitled, but you are just carried away by the movie. And it's got such interesting characters in it. You know, the, um, the lead uh, who she she's sort of almost belligerent and cantankerous in some ways, but then so heartfelt in others. And then she has this offsider who's her secretary, Claudia, who's who's again odd, but there to look after the um, you know, after this woman, after her father had died, because her father had been the really successful rose maker and, yeah, and creating yeah. these beautiful um rose yeah, bushes. Mm. And so, yeah, she is on the verge of bankruptcy and there's a, um, <clears throat> a young man who owns a business called Lamazelle and he's, you know, of course he's going to buy her out and, you know, he's very condescending and all that kind of thing. And so, yeah, these this sort of like a work agency, learn-to-work type agency brings along these three most unrealistic characters to be her apprentices or to learn how to work in the roses and, and to develop some really funny moments like when the young girl she inadvertently turned the heat up in the in the glass house. Oh dear, cause, yes. Because it was a cold day, <laughs> little realising that all the roses wilted. You know, just some really, really funny things. And then mm. when the hail comes and they're trying desperately to cover the roses and, and the hail is so hard it's pelting through the glass house and breaking down the panels, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and when they when they sneak off to steal that rose bush from Lamazelle, that's hilarious. You know, yeah. it's so mm. funny. There's also, Such funny moments. Yeah. There's also the, that other interesting side to it because you, uh, you get a close look at the process of cultivation and hybridization mm. of, mm. of flowers, of roses in this case, um, it, it all set in the superbly beautiful fields of flowers in the film. It's a, in, out in French 
countryside. Mm. It's, it's, it's an absolutely lovely film to look at. And um, and I'd never knew that they um, sort of, um, yeah, they used pollen from two different roses to put them together to get hybrid and new, you know, roses come out of the whole thing, you know, and all this and how they go about this. Yeah, wasn't that so interesting? <laughs> I was quite fascinated by that myself. I thought the little bees did all the work, but mm. clearly, you know, a oh, human... Yeah humans intervene and yeah. create these hybrids themselves. So yeah, it was a really interesting process to watch, wasn't it? And I kind of knew what would happen at the end with the, the three sort of misfits who were, were, I think, either on parole or something like that, and they were on the verge of, oh God, you know, running away or whatever. Yeah, what they're they always on next, the verge yeah. of doing mm, something yeah. naughty. And to to then see them, you know, um, do their own hybridation, which was really, really interesting. <laughs> yes, that's that right. was yeah. Very cool. And mm. and the young guy who and, and there was that other whole story with the young guy with his family and he'd been abandoned and um taken away from them because of neglect. So that kind of I won't say too much about that, but how that played out as well, mm. that was really interesting. And then, you know, you always knew that he, being the greatest misfit of the three, would actually do well. well and that played out beautifully. Well, I've got to admit, he, I'm gonna give a little bit he did a sort of a a little theft, <laughs> which you should not have. <laughs> Just oh, a, yes. of a little bit of little bit of pollen, which should never yeah. have happened, you know. And uh, but this is again, this comes as a bit of a shock in this film uh, to me as much as anybody else. But the point, the, the overall, however, what I loved most about this film is how these when these three <clears throat> people are brought to the to her. Um, garden, her rose place. Um, though they sort of put out of a van, and uh, she wonders at first who they are, and it's her, um, her, her assistant who hired them for her, mm. and explained the kind of people they are, and um, and all this sort of a thing. And uh, she just does not take to them at all at this stage. Mm. And of course, mm. therefore, they don't like her either, and they don't even know where they are, what they're supposed to be doing <laughs> there. Mm. But from this, it ends up through some difficult situations in the film, which they learn to cope with together. By the end of the film, they are so beautifully, closely brought together. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and, and then, you know, with the young guy and what, you know, you know that he's going to end up because he's got a gift. He can he can detect smell. You oh, know yes, what's right. going yes, to happen with yes, him, yes. and and his where his pathway will be. So yeah. from a delinquent to really incredible pathway. So it is beautifully put together, and the, and the story hangs really well, doesn't it? It yeah. doesn't drop away. Uh, you don't feel like you're missing anything, and you you follow it through. And there are some, and, and, you know, as I said, it's it's subtitled, it's in French. There are some real laugh out loud moments in oh, there. Oh, yes. No, well, I sort of chuckled all the way yeah, through, actually, yeah. even in the serious scenes, because they were so difficult to believe <laughs> what was going on. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, to me, the whole film was held together by the main woman, the owner, the, the rose maker in the title, mm. as played mm. by Catherine Fro or Frott. I'm not quite sure it's French name. And um, she. I mean, she's this hard-minded, uh, you know, there's only one way of doing things, and that's her way, and mm, that sort of thing. Mm. This, and uh, she won't take any nonsense from anybody and all of this, but you can't help liking her. I know, I know, because when, she, know. when she actually gets over herself and being a grumpy old 
Tart, you know, she actually has a beautiful way of explaining to these people, and especially around this pollinisation and bringing together the two uh, different pollens from the two different plants to graft and make a beautiful yeah, new yeah, rose. Yeah. And the explan- and you're, you're just sitting there, like really lapping it up, aren't you? You're just engrossed in that whole process. And I felt like I wanted to go away and do that myself because <laughs> uh, it was so interesting. <laughs> but, you know, this this whole thing around, it makes you, sometimes I, I think to myself, what are, you know, what, what's all the fuss about these roses or new roses or the scent or whatever? But when you watch this movie and and you really learn things, you 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 realise how amazing it is that they develop these beautiful new roses yeah. and what it takes to do that yeah. out in the real world, not in the movie. You yeah. know, yeah. so it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, anyway, no, I just sort of think. Well, for anybody should like this. Now, if you love flowers, particularly roses, I think you'll love it. Yeah, you will. You will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was Mary Gibson with her views on The Rose Maker, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. With me now on the phone is Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with news on the upcoming Italian and international film festivals. Nick, I understand you've been keeping yourself extremely busy organising the International Film Festival, which starts at the end of this month. I believe you'll be showing more than 90 feature films, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so over the couple of weeks there'll be about 90, and um, not just me that's busy. There's quite an enterprise that gets in behind these festivals, but it's um, and, and add to the mix COVID. Um, it's very stressful, um, but you know ultimately rewarding to, to people when they finally get to see a, a festival. Um, given there's a whole strand of festivals being cancelled, you know, due yeah. to COVID and level two restrictions. So yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, well, the same applies to the Italian film festival that was cancelled, wasn't it? And, yeah, uh, yeah. And now you've got it coming back also. When's that starting? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've re-scheduled re, uh, it for the November the 24th, and one would hope that um, some form of restriction or the restrictions will ease. But certainly 24th um, for a couple of weeks, that's back on of November. Yeah. Oh, well, tell, can you tell us a bit, what, what have you been ha- having to do with the um, International Film Festival? Well, you know, it's very last minute, um, and Christchurch this year is the first out of the gate um, for the first time in its history. Um, That's because Auckland had to pull out due to COVID, obviously, which was a shame, because, you know, they're the linchpin, and that's that's the economics of the festival um, uh, all up, really, you know, because of its population base and and so forth. So it's a shame, but at least, you know, the, the board, the... New Zealand Film Festival board had the temerity just to keep it going um, or, or courage to keep it going <laughs> through the other main centres. So, yeah, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal. There's a lot of film, a lot of film. Is and it? there's a lot of film uh, unreleased. So the pickings were quite rich, really. So it was quite easy to, uh, I think, for the uh, programmers to assemble, you know, quite a rewarding program. Yes, I mean, this, yeah, people can catch up on quite a bit or, or get an opportunity to make up for lost time. <laughs> yeah. And we open, you know, we open with Jane Campion's film uh, at the Isaac Theatre Royal. It's the premiere, New Zealand premiere of Power of the Dog, um, which has been getting rave reviews all around the world. It's sort of this neo-Western um, 
but um, actually the music by Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead too, I see. So, um, and it's based on a famous novel by Thomas Savage. So, yeah, um, the festival opens, it's, so it's, it's quite a big one for us. Okay. Any other highlights in there that you yeah, need to well, mention? One that, caught, one that caught my, and I don't know if you saw it, it was called Honey uh, last year, and it was about oh, a couple of years ago. It was about a woman who, um, uh, up in Macedonia, who was battling her next-door neighbour because his, her, his hives were attacking her hives, and she was... Um, <laughs> she had this thing about life, you, you only take as much as you need, and the guy next door took all the honey from his hives and his bees got pretty hacked off and attacked her hives next door because um, she always gave back to her bees, you know, what they'd <laughs> produced. And um, so there's a, 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 a sort of a filmic version of that called Hive um, from Kosovo about a woman whose uh, husband didn't come back from the um, the war in Serbia. And um, so she, she sort of... He kept some hives, you know, round, round the place, and she's, she's, she goes to back because she's got, a, a, you know, uh, a family to support and, a, and a, um, a, a sick father-in-law. So, yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of that. But I think yeah. Honey was one of the sweetest films I've seen in recent years. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So, yeah. And um, so with the uh, Italian Film Festival that's also coming later on, I mean, you, you had that, uh, even some people uh, had already booked their seats for that uh, at that time, but all of that would be well organised by you now for these people to catch up with the whole thing yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. I made it quite simple um, for people to, you know, they can just ring us up and we can transfer the, the seats over. Yeah. Um, hey, and, and another one, Hans, you like this, The Truffle Hunters, and I, I don't know if you like the film Pig, but yeah. there's a documentary <laughs> or a love letter to the um, vanishing world of um, truffle hunters, because they're the victims of poachers, you know, the, and, and I think that was a central story of um, Pig as well. Yes, it you know, was, the, yes. The truffle Pig was nicked by the mafia, because it's so, they're so flaming valuable for the restaurant scene, aren't they? <laughs> but Truffle Hunters is uh, like a continuation of Pig, only in documentary form. I see. So it's again with the pigs, yeah, not not with yeah, people. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's more about the men with their dogs, actually, who comb the forests of you know northern Italy. Oh, I see. Um, they smell them out. The dogs. Do, yeah, do yeah. They? Dogs as well. Yeah, yeah. Not only pigs, but dogs. <laughs> yeah, I, I never knew that before. Yeah. I, thought, I yeah. thought it was people who knew autom- uh, somehow, how, you know, in what areas they'd find the truffles underground. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's about greed and corruption and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, no. Oh, no, that sounds, yeah, yeah. yeah you get, I, I think it's always interesting to catch up on these films, which is sort of somewhat similar to early ones, you know, you like to compare them, and uh, also you have a bit of a clue to what it's all about. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah and uh, things um, settling down with COVID for you at the um, mm. Lumiere? So, so it's been a very quiet few weeks, months, year for the cinema industry, but Mr. Bond has come to the rescue. Yes, uh, amazing. And, you know, the box office performance in New Zealand is, is outstanding. We're not saying New Zealand, Wellington, Auckland, Dunedin, and other, you know, centres. Um, but it's, it's reignited the box office, and the, the key to it is to keep that momentum going um, through Christmas and beyond into 22, really. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, well, you need that for yourself, too. We, we do, but yeah. I, I think, you know, people have caught, not, caught on to this film because it's a link to nostalgia, and, and people want what they knew about the past, you know, about how it used to be. Um, yeah. I think the timing for, the, for, for Daniel Craig's last film is superb. Um, and that's why it's performing amongst all age groups. 
Yes, yes. Oh, no, it's got it. Yeah, it's just fascinating in so many ways. What did you think of it? Well, um, I mean, oh, no, I thought it was really amazing going. There's so much in it. I mean, two and three quarter hours long, you know, that's the longest James Bond film I've ever seen. And um, and each individual scene is fantastically put together. And and then all of these links to earlier, you know, sort of mentions, associations with earlier versions and all this sort of a thing is quite fascinating. I mean, I can't even say that I got them all. I bet there's much more in there than I even can yeah, remember. it's pretty polished and it's quite talky, but for me, it was more, it was more heart-driven than any other Bond I've seen. Yeah. Um, uh, you really felt this was the end, or particularly for Daniel Craig, but it was quite emotional and um, more tactile than previous Bonds, I feel. Yeah, well, yeah, well, uh, but I mean, it was good to, to me. I, I came to see this film at your cinema on Sunday afternoon and got there just on time, and um, and, and yeah, the, the girl there told me that they were sold out. And I was actually surprised, you know, but I mean, that's that's wonderful for you, the Lumiere now. Too, yeah, to and other cinemas, you know, yeah, we and, really need yes, it. Yes, it's showing it. it. virtually yeah. every cinema in town, both mainstream and art house Yeah, cinemas. I believe uh, Saturday night you couldn't get a seat anywhere for Bond yeah. in Christchurch. Yeah. So oh, that's that absolutely was, amazing. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Nick, um, it all sounds good and positive, and some, and the film international <laughs> film festival. First of all, we'll look forward to that. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just close and say the brochures uh, will be available from Monday and the counter bookings are from this week, um, um, Thursday. Good, excellent. Okay. Thanks a lot, Nick. Adios. Thanks a lot. Bye. That was Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with news on the upcoming film festivals. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. So stay in your lane. You get in my way, I will put a bullet in your knee. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose... ...control. Gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? You don't know what this is. In No Time to Die, Daniel Craig takes on his last mission as James Bond, with 007 going on a rather complex hunt for a mysterious villain who plans to endanger all the people of the world. Mary Gibson has been off to the Hollywood cinemas at Sumner to see the 25th James Bond movie. Mary, at almost two and three quarter hours in length, this is certainly a big film. What did you think of No Time to Die? I thought this was an incredibly fitting end to Daniel Craig's tenure as James Bond. I thought it was really well done. It doesn't seem like two and three quarter hours at all. You're quite engaged in the movie. You're not sitting there thinking, oh my God, when's this going to end? <laughs> yeah. Because 
in all honesty, they've rolled out every single gadget and stop and um, piece of, of mystique and thrill that they could to throw into this movie. It hops around from country to country and, um, you know, little bits of intrigue here and there in terms of the. it does, doesn't start off as the search for this um, crazy dude played by Remy Malik. It starts off they're trying to rescue this scientist, this Russian scientist who's developed this um, this is a piece of germ warfare, you know. I mean, yeah, sort of a virus. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, in all honesty, if people are going to go to this movie and look for something really extraordinary in terms of what it's about, I think every single movie of this kind of genre has played out the villain <laughs> hero, the the nuclear disarmament, the the germ warfare. There's there's kind of nothing more to explore in terms of that. So it's very reliant on the 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 scenery, the gadgetry, all of those the things, action the action sequences in it to, to really hold this together. I thought, personally, I thought Daniel Craig was having a great time playing James Bond. Well, he's actually one of the producers of this film. Yeah. So he had, must have had quite a bit of say of just what they, how much, you know, references to earlier films, sort of hints and touches of virtually everything that's come out of the last 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and what I thought with this was <laughs> that it actually brought so much together in terms of, as you say, those past references, and it brought together, you know, Spectre, which was the last movie and and, yeah. and all the villains left from yeah. Spectre and Christopher Waltz still there and and, all, and, the, all of, and the woman he knew in that film yeah, she's back also yeah mm. so that that was um uh uh yeah. Mad- Madeline Swan played by Leah Sadow. And so picking up from where they were. Um, and, and wasn't it interesting to have Naomi Harris as Money Penny, you know, and then um, the yeah. other, the new 007, because Bond had supposedly ret- yes, retired yes, to yes, a, yeah, a nice quiet life in Jamaica. Yeah. And then yeah, this someone. Were, this black woman turns up. Yeah, well, number, that's, 007. <laughs> yeah so Lashana Lynch. Lynch yeah. Was the new 007, and she was great, you yes, know. So, yes. um, I mean, you know, the leads are, are, are Lashana Lynch as 007, um, Naomi Harris as Money Penny, um, Leah Sado as Madeline Swan. So, mm. you got three quite strong female leads, but the one that I loved, and this was a piece of the movie that I thought was really excellent because I didn't see a lot of chemistry between. Bond and his love interest, um, Madeline. But mm. the scene with uh, Ana de Amas as Paloma in Cuba, oh, that yes, was yes, so yeah. much fun. Yes, it yes. was really wild and crazy. Yes. It was the real Wild West, wasn't yeah, it? So, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, I saw one um, other uh, uh, critique of the film, which sort of said it in a rather negative way. I just mentioned mention this because it, uh, there's a point to it which says this, this, that, this, that this is a much overstuffed Adventure, which feels redundant, farcical, inconsequential, and desperate, and I can see what they're saying in all of that. But nevertheless, I was absolutely fascinated by this <laughs> film and completely engrossed by all this stuff flowing thrown at me. Yeah, you know? look, look, Hans, I wouldn't disagree with that comment. No, you can't. I, I can see I, what I, they're saying. I, but... I wouldn't disagree with that because, as I said earlier on, it's got everything in it. Yeah, and and it's almost like, oh my God, what's next? <laughs> yeah. But 
you are you are just entertained, you know, all through it because it's a Bond film. Yeah. You know, you're not expecting highbrow intellect or anything mm. like that. If you go along thinking that, then you're yeah. wasting your time. But yeah. if you go to be entertained and you know this is a Bond film and it's got all those quirky, you know, I'd have my martini shaken, not stirred, and that's Bond, James Bond. <laughs> you know, it's got all of that in it. So yeah. you just you just go and you have a good time, and and it's got some great actors in it. Look, I don't know where it will go from here. I don't even know if they'll do another Bond, to be perfectly honest. Well, I think honest. they might have a female Bond. Well, I, I <laughs> thought about that, but but I have to say I wouldn't actually like to see that. No. I'd love someone like Tom Hardy to come in and play the new James Bond because he's got he's so good as Venom and mm. he's such an interesting character. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I think it would be kind of almost like gratuitous to have a, a woman. It, it doesn't no, seem No, no, right. no. I just had to say that as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Good okay, fun. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that was Mary Gibson with her views on No Time to Die. And I'm Hans Petrovic, inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website, planesfm.org.nz. Plains FM 96.9